There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you for tuning to our daily doctrine devotional. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. We want to welcome you to the podcast. We welcome each of you to listen. I hope there's somebody new listening. We certainly want to be a help, want to be a blessing. We're in meeting this week in Stockton Springs up here in the state of Maine. We're at the Cornerstone Bible Baptist Church on Church Street. And we're going to be here tonight, tomorrow night, and Wednesday night at 6.30 each night. That is a correction to the times from last week, 6.30 p.m. each evening. And we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. We thank God for the privilege we have to preach from Brother Pelkey. His friendship to us over the years. And we're in a Bible-believing church, and we rejoice in that. We're going to be back in Matthew chapter 8 today. And we'll begin where we left off last time. We're going to begin in verse 5. We spoke of the law of the leper, this cleansing. In verse 5, again, we're looking at the life of Jesus Christ. We're looking at the miracles of Jesus Christ. We're looking at his earthly ministry while on this earth. He did great and mighty works as God in flesh. And he said, and when Jesus was entered to Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. So again, he just simply brings a need to Jesus Christ. And if you have that need, you simply ask. That's what the word of God says. And this man came and asked. How did he ask? He asked in faith. Why don't we have prayers answered? So many times we do not ask in faith. We ask according to the flesh. We ask according to our opinions and our philosophies, but we do not ask by faith. But here's a man that comes by faith, and he asks by faith, and he simply believes that Jesus Christ will heal him. He says he lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented, extremely sick. The shakes are so bad that he cannot get out of bed. And he goes on and says, Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. There's that contrite heart. Not worthy that you would come unto me. Not worthy that you would come. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. And here's a man of faith. Here's a man that believes God. Here's a man that sees Jesus Christ. He's seen the miracles already of Jesus Christ, but he believes by faith. For he says, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, No, not in Israel. So again, a man with authority. He says, this is what I do. This is what I say. This is how I, I just tell men, come, they come. I tell men, do, and he do. And Lord, I'm asking you, would you heal my servant? And Jesus Christ said, this is great faith. There's not great faith like this anywhere else in Israel. I see a man that just believes that God can. And I don't know about you, friend, but I'd like to be that man of faith. 
I like to be that man who just believes God, just like that man who just believes that God can take care of it, will take care of it according to his will, and that God can and will do exceedingly above all that we could ever ask or think of him. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He himself marveled, yet knowing. Uh, he marveled why, because he'd never seen faith like this yet in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But he says, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. And as we weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why is that? Because they've not had faith. And they're the children of the kingdom, but they've not had faith. They'll be cast into outer darkness. And that's not complicated. They're confused. And that's not dispensational. It's certainly not hyper-dispensational. They just didn't have faith. But this man had great faith. He just believed God. Jesus Christ is in front of him. He believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Why else would he ask? Why else would he come in that manner? Verse 13, Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the same, same hour. And as thou hast believed, the same was done unto thee. It's interesting that he says on that wise, hast believed. This is something that in the past you believed. This is something that you've just had this faith. This isn't something new. This isn't something, uh, you know, this contrary that, that to your, your personality or contrary to your life. And that's why we live a life of faith. This is something that we just believe God. It's instilled in the believer. Yet there are some that have weak faith. There's some that have strength, strong faith. Uh, there are weaker brethren or stronger brethren. And yet without faith it's impossible to please him for he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So how's your faith? Do you just believe God? You just take the word of God and believe what God said. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. Now, there's the verse that's contrary uh, to belief that Peter was the first pope and the celibacy of priests, the celibacy of the bishops, the cardinals, and the pope. And uh, they, they, Peter had a wife. We know that because her mother was sick. And that's explained away in many ways, but we know that Peter was not the first pope. When Jesus Christ said, upon this rock, I will build my church, we looked at that the other week, and he was speaking, of course, of himself. He is the rock, the rock of ages, Jesus Christ, that chief cornerstone. That's where the church was built. It wasn't built in the back of Peter, yet he used Peter to build the church, but he uses men today to build his church. He uses men today to work in his church. He uses men today to do the ministry of the church. God still uses men. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. So we see the leper healed. We see the centurion's servant healed. We see Peter's wife's mother is healed. And then verse 16, when the even was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. Now, this isn't the healing of the physical, but here we begin to see what we call the healing of the spiritual. And I realize there's a slight difference there, of course, but it is really, it's the casting out of devils. They brought them to him. They were possessed with devils. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. So again, he equates the devils to spirits. We also know there are unclean spirits. We see that associated with devils, but he cast them out. Why? They were afflicted by them. And what's interesting is, as Matthew writes this, he writes it so casually by the Holy Ghost, there's just an accepted saying that people had devils. And they could identify them. They knew what they were, I believe. That's why they brought them to Jesus Christ. I don't think it was like this odd thing where they don't know what's going on and maybe Jesus can touch this person. Maybe there's something in their brain. Maybe they have Lyme disease or amoebic dysentery and it's just affected them. No, they knew they were possessed with devils. That's why they brought them to Jesus Christ. That's the way I read this passage. And I believe we're in a day when men deny that. They can't see that their people have devils. They can't see that these things are unclean spirits. They rend people, destroy people. 
I watch people get out of sorts with God. I watch them suffer. I watch their children suffer. Why? They've opened themselves up to devils. I'm not going to go too far with that, and I'm not the judge of such things. I want to be real clear about that. But there are times when you can see the workings of Satan because men have just given themselves over to uncleanness. And it doesn't have to be perversion and pornography and lust of the flesh like uncleanness is associated with. There's an uncleanness the scripture talks about, and it's a spiritual uncleanness. And lost people have it. Most people that claim to be saved that are religious, and yet they deny the power of God, they have that unclean spirit. Why is that? Because they've given themselves over to unbelief. They've given themselves over to devils. And so they brought these people to Jesus Christ. Why? They had a need. What is that need? They had devils. They had spirits in them. And he cast them out with his word and healed all that were sick. And then he said this in verse 17, it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now we understand that the prophet Isaiah, when he spoke of those things, that he hath borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we turn into his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is a man that was despised, there was no beauty in him, he was rejected, but he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. He was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Now, why did he bear those iniquities? Why did he bear those things in himself? One of these passages that I've looked at is Isaiah 53 and verse 4, and I've looked at the cross-reference here in Matthew. And the interesting thing is that all the new versions use something else except for bore or bear or uh, you know, he took our infirmities, bear our sicknesses. They don't believe that. They all say he carried them away or he took them away. No, he bared them. How did he bear them? In his body. How did he bear them in his body? He was God of flesh. He, was, he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. I've said many times in preaching, I believe that the reason his visage was marred more than any man, I believe is because he bore those iniquities. He bore those diseases. He had them in his body. All cancers, AIDS, Lyme disease, uh, you know, the dysenteries, the measles, the smallpox, every disease he bare in his body. He had the effects of those diseases. Why? He was God in flesh. And God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Everything was compounded in Jesus Christ. There was nothing he did not bear. And that's the fulfillment of the prophecy. How did he cast out those devils? Well, it's Romans 8 too, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and of death. He is that high priest bearing the iniquity of the holy thing. He is that high priest under that mitre, holiness to the Lord, bearing the iniquity of Israel. That's what Jesus Christ did. He bore that iniquity. He could bear those diseases. That virtue could go out from him. Now, he bore them in his body as God in flesh. How did he cast out devils? Because he's God. How did he cast their, the devils away from him? He's God. He's going to bear them. Virtue is going to go out from him, and he's going to bear their iniquities. Why? Because he can, and only he can, yet without sin. He's Jesus Christ. And that's one of the marvels. When we see the virtue go out of him, who touched my garment? And he sees that virtue go out, he's looking to see who's touched him. His disciples are so confused by that. They don't understand still that he's the son of God. That woman couldn't afflict him. That woman couldn't affect him. 
you know, lepers walk by Jesus Christ. He can touch them. Why? They're not, he's not going to get sick. He can bear that leprosy. Here's a man that has devils. He can cast out those devils. Those devils won't touch him. Those devils won't come near him. Those devils cannot come upon him. Why? Because he's the son of God. That's why he can do these things. And that's what people today, they cannot understand or comprehend the power that's in Jesus Christ, God in flesh, and him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When those lepers would come and Jesus Christ would touch them, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily could heal them. When they would bring the people with devils to him, what did he do? He could heal them. Why? Because he was God. It wasn't a hard thing for him. It wasn't a difficult thing for him. But he was fulfilling the prophecy. This entire chapter to this point from verse 1 the whole way down to verse 17, that it might be fulfilled. Why? He's Christ. He's fulfilling scripture. He's not destroying the law. He's come to fulfill the law. And this is the evidence or one of the evidences of Jesus Christ fulfilling the laws of God, fulfilling all that was written. What law was he fulfilling? That law of the high priest, bearing the iniquity of Israel in the holy thing. That's the law he's fulfilling. And again, people in the debate that we're dealing with even today, they say, well, you've gone too far with that. But if Christ did not fulfill that, he's not the Christ of Scripture. Christ died, not just for our sins, but according to the scripture. And friend, if you don't have a scriptural Christ that fulfilled all things, you don't have the Christ of the Bible. If you don't have a Christ that resurrected according to the scriptures, you don't have a Christ uh, of the Bible. You have a false Christ, antichrist, and they do have antichrist because they don't believe his Christ is scripture. If he doesn't fulfill this law, if he doesn't fulfill that role of the high priest bearing that iniquity, if he doesn't bear that in his body, he's not Christ, because Isaiah prophesied it would come. The law showed us through the priest that it had to be done. If he's Christ, he's going to fulfill it. And that's something that, again, is contentious with people. They don't like that today. They get up in arms because they don't have a God big enough to do it. They don't have a God big enough to take our iniquities. They don't have a God big enough to not only take our iniquities, but then to bear our iniquities in his body to cast out devils, to take all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases, put them upon himself, bear our griefs, carry our sorrows. They don't have a God big enough to do that. What do they have? They have a little miniscule God. They have a little modern version God that has to take them away. He can't bear them. He can't bear them in his body, in his flesh. Why? Because he's not God enough to do that. They don't have a God big enough to go into the flames of hell and cast our sins into hell become that burnt offering for us. And then, and then God deliver him from the ungodly. God delivered him from the hand of the ungodly. When the wicked compass him about, God delivers him. When the sorrows of death compass him about, God, they don't have a God big enough to do that. They don't have a God big enough to do what he said he would do. For that will not leave my soul in hell, neither would thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Man was all up in arms with me recently in, in a, a verbal debate over the telephone over that matter. And he said, you're telling me that Satan had power over God? And I said, well, God gave him that power. He gave him power to overthrow his son, but it wasn't permanent. It was a temporary, uh, it was for an offering for sin. So yes, Satan had power over him, but he couldn't hold him. Death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't hold him. Hell couldn't hold him. He delivered him by his own righteousness. By the cleanness of his hands, had he recompensed me? That's the God of the Bible. That's the God in the person of Jesus Christ that we believe and we serve. And to be honest, when you contend with these things, you don't have a God big enough to do it. 
You don't have a God big enough to go into hell. You don't have a God big enough to forgive sins. You don't have a God big enough to bear iniquity. The God of the King James Bible sure did. And he fulfilled those scriptures. Blessed be his holy name. We'll stop there. Lord, we'll be back tomorrow. Pray for our meeting here in Stockton Springs, Maine, if you would. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption falleth not. child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.